You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Getting started as a real estate investor doesn't have to be complicated, but you do have to get started. And the more you learn, the faster you'll want to get there. I'm Kathy Fetke and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Today's guest was working for a tech startup just three years ago, and it happened to be a real estate platform. He was required to learn about real estate investing as part of the job. And like many of us, he got hooked. 30 days later, he bought his first fourplex and now owns 22 units in the St. Louis area where he lives. And he's here to share with us how he did it. So Ben, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I'd love to hear about how you got started and, and when and why. <laughs> yeah, so I got started in real estate in, I think it was early 2017. It was a pretty random entry. I hadn't really planned on getting into real estate. I was looking to get a job where I could stay in startups. I'd had some past experience there. And I randomly got a job at a real estate tech startup that was having me sell a platform for investors to buy and sell properties off market. And they said, if you're going to sell this platform, you have to learn about real estate investing so you can sound knowledgeable. So it actually started just as an assignment from my boss. So I wow. went on various websites, started reading books, and really quickly, I got hooked. I live in St. Louis, Missouri. So I started modeling some of the deals here, and it kind of hit me that this could make sense at the time I was uh, renting an apartment. So I quickly kind of decided that this is something I wanted to do. And about 30 days after that assignment, I was under contract for my first fourplex and closed on that about 30 days later. And really ever since then, real estate has been a passion of mine. And we've now grown our portfolio, my partner and I, to uh, 22 units all over St. Louis City and County. And that's just in the past few years, it sounds like? Yeah, almost all of that growth came in the past two and a half years. And then we've been pretty busy with our full-time work and been looking less for properties. So it was a really aggressive period there for about two years. And now we're looking again, but it was really done in a small period of time. That's amazing. Are you still working for the startup? I am not. They unfortunately uh, folded their doors and we ended up starting our own real estate tech company uh, shortly thereafter. That's going pretty well and is taking up a lot of our time. Wow. You know, tech companies are probably the riskiest investment yet. I'm from Silicon Valley, so people invest in it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it, it really feels good doing the real estate because especially the apartments and some of the stable rentals we're doing give a really nice base to kind of take the risk of doing a tech company or a different type of investment because we know we can count on the real estate really indefinitely. That is such a great point. I mean, when I got uh, started in real estate. I had been uh, self-employed for a long time, but part of what I had done was acting when I in my earlier years, and and that was you know just you have no control over that whether a director likes you or not. And then Rich was um, an author, and you just kind of never know if someone's going to pick you up. Your your destiny's in someone else's hands. Mm -hmm. That's okay as long as like you said, you've got some kind of foundation then you can take those kind of risks elsewhere when you know you've got money coming in. So are you, um, when you started out, you were, yeah, tell me about your first purchase and how, what capital did you use? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for us on the first purchase was it was somewhat scary looking at buying a, a four family apartment building. I wasn't very handy at the time. So there was kind of this fear of what would it be like to manage tenants? How do I know if it's a good deal? So the first thing we did was to build a uh, rental property calculator 
where we could put in different inputs and just start understanding how property taxes, the mortgage payments, estimated repairs would actually work. And probably the first three to four weeks before we made an offer, I would just model every single deal that hit the market. So I could start to get that confidence of this deal is better than that deal. And I think this would make sense. And then once we did that, I started talking to a lender and they recommend I use an FHA loan. So it was only three and a half percent down. So this property was 220,000. And I think I put in the offer with the seller covered closing costs. We were only in about $7,000 to purchase the first property. And then because it was a fourplex with uh, really good financials, I never had to put in another dollar after that initial investment. Wow. And, and so, you know, you, in order to get an FHA loan with 3% down, you have to live in it. Did you, did you mm -hmm. do that? Yeah. So that was uh, my first experience kind of being a live-in landlord. And fortunately that building was in a pretty good area. So most of our tenants were easy to manage, good to work with, but it was definitely kind of a, a good bit of mental confidence of kind of understanding what it's like to be a landlord. We were really good about setting expectations about here's how you should contact us. Here's what you can expect for my response times. And then the best thing we did was move everyone over to online rent. So it, we weren't knocking on doors trying to get paid. It was a lot easier than we anticipated and kind of gave us the confidence to grow so much faster. It's such a good way to get started. I, I can't recommend that enough for people trying to figure out how to get that first property, save enough for the 3% down mm -hmm. uh, for your first property. You have to live in it for a period of time. Now more and more people can work from home. So that might be more doable wherever, you know, wherever you are. I mean, let's say you're normally in California, but you can work at home for a period of time and you could go buy something in St. Louis or, mm -hmm. or Ohio and just, and, and live in it at a fourplex ideally, because you could still get that 3% down financing if you live in it and it's it, and it can be a fourplex so you can immediately have an investment property create that income and in many cases not even have to pay for your living expenses you know the the other units cover yours um and oftentimes even beyond were you uh was your basically living expenses covered or did you make even cash flow beyond that yeah that was the the base criteria was to cover all of living expenses and then we were making cash flow on a monthly basis, but we kind of, we were about four or $500 over the mortgage and insurance and taxes. So we kind of budgeted that into an escrow fund. So we didn't view it as income and more of money we would need to spend on repairs. But ultimately we ended up selling the building eight months later. So we did get to keep the capital because we were fortunate that it went up about 60,000 in value. So we figured it was a, a good time to sell and use that for the capital to buy more. Did you sell it to an investor? Um, they're an investor. They were in a much different state of their career. They had a really strong source of normal income and they were looking for more long-term investments. Whereas we were looking for things we can get in and force appreciation to kind of build wealth and build our portfolio faster. Sure. When you're starting out, you need that, you know, pile of money. So what did you do with your 60 grand? Yeah. So the um, same property manager that we were using, they had a client that was looking to sell a lot of their portfolios. He was actually buying a rock quarry, but he needed a huge amount of capital. So we took that 60,000, we brought on one other partner with another 60,000 and bought 18 units all at once across uh, five buildings, a couple fourplexes and a duplex. So it was really a big jump from four units we managed ourselves to uh, 18 units all of a sudden managed by a management company. So it was a, a great way for us to jumpstart our portfolio. Yeah. How did you vet the uh, property manager to be able to handle a multi-unit like that? 
Yeah, so this property manager, one thing I liked, they'd had a background in technology. He'd actually been pretty mm -hmm. high up at GitHub and he was kind of approaching it from that standpoint, using a little bit of the agile software methodology and how he would interact with the, both the tenants and interact with the owners. And there was a lot of, we really liked the reporting that they would do it. It seemed like they had their kind of their game together which we found is really rare in property management to find a company that's both professional with the owners and the tenants. But at the end of the day, we still had to take a risk and move forward and, and hope for the best, no matter how much vetting you can do at your manager. And uh, did that property end up cash flowing for you? Yeah, so that deal has worked out really well for us. We had a lot of expenses initially, and in retrospect, I wish we'd done more renovations. We're actually now, um, three of those fourplexes are all together on the same block, and we're going back through and doing a major renovation to the whole building. But just the nature, we bought them at a really good price. They almost doubled in value to the point where we, we were able to do a cash out refinance. We actually closed it last week, and we're now using that capital to really renovate and improve the buildings. So all things considered, we were really happy we sold the first fourplex to go in on that package. That's pretty cool that you could uh, that that you could just sell, you know, wasn't an apartment. You were able to sell part of it off, and then you could fund the mm -hmm. rest of the renovations. That's great. Good for you. Well, let's talk about St. Louis because I would say eight years ago we worked with a team in St. Louis that would help our investors find multifamily, and um, they would, you know, basically quote unquote turnkey. They would uh, acquire the properties, renovate them, and oversee the management but they had a really rough time because they were able to find some un, unreal deals. Like mm -hmm. I know they were so cheap back then, but street by street, St. St. Louis is, you know, it, it changes. Yes. So <laughs> how would an out of towner know which areas to stay out of and which areas are, are good for investment? That's a great question. Cause <laughs> you really hit the nail on the head. St. Louis, especially in some of the areas where you can find good deals is very block by block. So I think the first thing I'd recommend is really building a strong real estate team. Look for agents that you can get recommended that are really pop familiar with investors. And then I found contractors can be really helpful as well, especially the ones that are really trustworthy because they're working on a lot of these properties. They're not often as incentivized to make you buy or sell. And usually they'll give you a straight answer. You know, where are you doing the most work? Where are you seeing properties getting vandalized? We found that's been helpful. And then if you can, I would really recommend driving. There's no substitute for walking the neighborhood, seeing what it's like at night, and kind of building that confidence in the area yourself. If you can do it personally, it definitely helps. And since you're a technology guy, is there a way to do that online if you're not living there and you can't walk the streets? You can. I would actually recommend some of the uh, online social networks like Reddit, where you can ask people and say, hey, I'm thinking of moving to the neighborhood. Is it safe for me to live here? And you can kind of get people's take who do live in the neighborhood and will give you kind of, I would live here. I wouldn't. Here's the amenities around there. Our big philosophy around being a landlord is thinking like a tenant in terms of what would you want to do if you lived there? What's more appealing to actually, you know, move in? Are you looking for dishwashers and things like that? So if you can put yourself in the shoes of, I wanted to move there, and how would you feel about living in that neighborhood? It's a good way to understand if it's going to be safe and if you're going to find the right quality of tenants you're looking for. Very good. So do you think you'll continue uh, just investing in your hometown or you might expand out? That's a good question. I'm really passionate about St. Louis as a city and helping to improve it. 
So we have a big goals of the property we want to buy and renovate and maintain in St. Louis from the standpoint of what you can do in an area that's really in need of renovation and restoration, if you can think on a longer time frame. But I don't want to rule out at some point, you know, investing out of state and looking at other areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, you're you're one of the lucky people that lives in an area that's great for investment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for many of us, that's just not the case. If you live in near uh, San Francisco or something, it's really hard to find uh, good deals that are affordable. <laughs> so how would you say, where do you see yourself in say 10 years? In 10 years, my goal is to be doing uh, real estate investing full time. And I really want to get in to kind of vertically integrate the process. And the dream is to be able to purchase the property, manage it in-house, be big enough to have licensed electricians, HVAC, plumbing, and really taking on everything from acquisition to management and then potentially selling it down the line. But being able to bring that all in-house is really exciting because it's so fragmented and the incentives are often misaligned where your property manager does better if they rent the unit out and do lots of repairs, whereas the owner does better renovating up front and finding really quality tenants that want to live there for the long term. Absolutely. All right. Well, what advice would you give to somebody just starting out today? I mean, you started a few years ago that some would say was the top of the market. Others would say now is the top of the market. I mean, what, yeah, what would, what advice would you give to somebody just starting? Yeah. I think the first bit of advice is to really do your homework and be prepared. You know, start reading investment books. I really recommend you start modeling properties just so you can get comfortable to how these deals actually look and feel, what you can expect cash flow wise. And then once you've hit that level of preparedness, you've got to jump in. You can't have the analysis paralysis where you model every deal and think about the million ways it could go wrong. Once you kind of reach that conviction that this looks like a good deal, you know, I would approach the first deal with the goal of let's not lose money. Let's learn about investing in real estate. And if you can do that, you'll come away with a really, really good skill to start making a ton of money in the future and just approach it with that mindset of if you're going to do an FHA loan, learn about real estate. And if you don't lose money, that's a win. <laughs> so along with that is talk to a lender. You know, a lot of people don't realize they can qualify. They, they can qualify with an FHA loan and with today's interest rates, Again, people might be surprised. So um, my daughter, right out of college, she, she had got a job and was two years out of college, but not, not really making a lot of money, kind of making a, a, a college salary, basically. And she found out she could qualify and was able to buy her first home. So definitely talk to a lender. Those FHA loans are a great way to go. That's a great reminder. I was blown away when we applied for ours that the lender actually gave us the uh, three units of the fourplex that I wouldn't live in. They counted that towards my personal income, which let me qualify for a bigger house because I wasn't making much money either. And if you find the right occupied property, you barely need to make you know, maybe 30, 40,000 plus the rent from the, uh, from the property counting as your income and you can qualify for a surprisingly large property and have the numbers make sense. It's, it's really exciting. I mean, in my daughter's case, that property has gone up probably at least a hundred grand in the time that she's owned it. And just, uh, I don't know, a few years it's California, but there's parts of California where that's the case, especially now when, uh, and this is Chico, uh, you know, it's a cute little town that most people probably couldn't live in because uh, there were not a lot of jobs there. But now that so many people can work from home, little, little college towns like Chico are going to be more and more, uh, 
desirable because you can mm-hmm. still make that two and a half hour drive to San Francisco uh, if you have to go in one day a week, but for the rest of the time, you can be in the small town feel. So don't uh, miss, don't discount uh, these outer lying areas that weren't Agreed. popular before, right? There's definitely a huge opportunity in the change of everyone working from home that markets that weren't appealing before could be great places to invest. Yeah. Well, wonderful. I'm so happy you could come on and share your experience and help people kind of get over that fear of doing their first deal. Awesome. Yeah, it was really exciting to talk about real estate. I think the uh, the best thing you can do is get started. There's often that. I remember how scared I was looking at the building the day after we purchased it, thinking, oh man, I'm responsible for all these tenants and maintenance. And yeah. if you make a plan, build a list of the contractors you want to work with, it starts becoming way more manageable if you just jump in and be excited to learn about it. Yeah, no, no doubt it is. Uh, there's a lot to it. But like you said, you do your reading. You have your list, your checklist, and you just follow that checklist. We do have a checklist at Real Wealth. If people want to uh, download that, just go to realwealthshow.com. All right. Once again, thank you so much for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can listen to this and any past podcast at realwealthshow.com. And while you're there, you'll get access to a bunch of data on different metros that we think have the best chance for cash flow and appreciation over the coming years. Again, that's realwealthshow.com.